All right, so we're just going to get after it, and uh, we're going to go for it. And I'm gonna, we're going to go on a little trip. We're going to go on a little trip together, so pack up your little fanny pack, strap it in, get your Stanley Cup. We're going, uh, we're going down to, to Guatemala, Antigua, Guatemala City, or Antigua in Guatemala. And what we're doing there is the context. I'm a friar at this point, and I'm just getting ready to, to begin living in Honduras. I'm about to be in Honduras for a couple years. And so to kick things off, they send the guys, the friars, to language school. So I'm in Antigua, Guatemala, studying Spanish. And, and we're going to be at this house, and it's myself, two other friars, and these like two other kind of like random American tourist guys. And we're all staying at this grandmother's house. And uh, it's just kind of one of these mornings, we're just hanging out, having breakfast, drinking whatever, coffee, and eating some toast. And these tourists start talking about like the dinner they had the night before. They were just down at the Antigua version of, of Tigerland. And um, it's called, they were at this place called the Mono Loco, the crazy monkey. And apparently, this restaurant has like the world's best nachos. And so there, these guys around breakfast, they're just going on and on and on about like these nachos. And like the plate is as big as your head and the ch chips were so crispy and like the black beans were so black and the tomatoes were so red, whatever. There's like kind of going on and on over the top about these nachos. But what these guys don't know is that I love nachos. Uh, and so as they're talking about these nachos, I'm like, man, I could go, I could really go for some nachos right now, right? Um, but there's this, this other part of my life. So I'm a Franciscan friar, and as a Franciscan, I have these three vows. Poverty, chastity, and obedience. No money, no honey, and a boss. Um, so, so, and part of the expression of like a vow of poverty for us is that if we want nachos, we don't just go to the Mono Loco and buy nachos. You know, if I want chicken strips, whatever, I don't just go to, to Cane's or Po' Boys at Chimes, whatever. Um, we actually are like uh, dependent on God's providence and, and we like beg for our food and we don't just kind of go buy it whenever we want. Um, and so again, they like, they continue going on and on about these nachos and it's, again, it's just like the cheese was so melted and the lettuce was so shredded and the ground beef was so ground. Um, and there's this, like, this, the battle's happening, right? Like, they've got, like, the good angel and the bad angel. Because we're traveling and we're going to be there for a few weeks, we have, like, emergency money. So I do, I have money there. And the bad angel's like, you deserve this. You deserve some nachos. Um, in fact, this is a nacho emergency, right? <laughs> and the good angel's whispers back, like, there's no such thing as a nacho emergency. Um... And so the battle happens, and finally, you know, like, the good angel wins. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, like, I'm going to be faithful. Breakfast ends. True story. Breakfast ends. Go to my room. Close the door. Make the sign of the cross. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, you are good, and you are mighty. I know, I know you see me, Lord. I know you hear me, Lord. Here's the thing, Lord. I could really go for some nachos right now. Um, I go for some nachos. You're mighty, Lord. You are mighty. I, I want these nachos, but I'm not going to buy them. I'm going to be faithful, Lord. I'm not going to go to the Mono Loco and get them. But if you wanted to provide the nachos, like, no pressure, no pressure. You're mighty, but if you want to provide some nachos, that'd be great. Make the sign of the cross, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Um, go off to Spanish school, learn how to say, like, donde esta el baño. Um, get back, get back. Uh, same, same cast, same crew, same setting. We're all around this table. It's dinner time now. We're just chatting about our day. 
And the grandmother who's taking care of us brings out the first two plates for dinner. She's got the big white plates. And what do I see? I see yellow chips, melted cheese. I see beans. I see shredded, I see whatever, lettuce. I see the ground beef. And I immediately start like, like restricted breathing, salivating, sweaty hands. Like I'm getting excited. I'm like, I know what this is. I know what this is. But part of it was like, it's too, the stakes are too high for me just to keep this to myself. Like, I need some outside confirmation. So I ask her, como se llama este plato? Like, what do you call this dish? She says, nachos. Yes, Father, I told you. You are mighty. You are mighty, Lord. You know, and and I loved every little piece of those, every little chip and cheese and whatever. Like, just, um, but I share this story for a couple reasons. Uh, one of them is because whenever I share it, somebody offers to buy me nachos. Um, gives a little green handshake, get yourself some nachos. Um, but, but also I think there's two like, profound truths to it. And, and the first, I think, gives us a little bit of access to, to an experience of Jesus here in the gospel. And I realize my experience has to do with nachos. Jesus' experience has to do with uh, the tomb in which his like, dead friend was. Um, so I realize we're not exactly on the same page, but, you know, we got to start somewhere. Um, and what does Jesus say? What does Jesus say before raising Lazarus from the dead? He says to his father, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. And here's the thing, friends. Here's the, here's the reality. That by our baptism... We share in Jesus' own relationship with the Father. And so his words and this truth is our, our words and our truth. Like, Father, I know you always hear me. Father, I know you always see me. Father, I know you always care for me. Like, Father, I know, I know you're always with me. And this is just absolute fact. This is reality, and this is the reality of all of our lives. The difficulty, the difficulty is that often in the experiences of our life hasn't confirmed this truth just in the experience. And this is kind of bringing us to the second point. Basically, you get nothing for nothing. Like, you're not going to know his trustworthiness and you're not going to know his, his, his goodness if you don't take a risk. If you want to experience this reality, Father, you see me and you hear me and I know you always hear me. If you want to experience that in the real stuff of your life, you're going to have to risk something real in your life. And so, right, like, so back in the day, we're at, that, the, we're at the little Guatemala table. If I go and just buy myself some nachos, sweet, I have some nachos. But if I say, Lord, I'm going to trust you, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to create some space, and I'm going to let you care for me, this allows the Lord in something as small and concrete and minute and particular as nachos, like, I was able to experience his love and care for me there. And of course, like, I got to this point where I can make this, like, silly prayer in my room asking for, like, a treat. Like, I knew he saw me, and I knew he heard me. And that didn't come from nowhere. That came from years of taking a risk on the Lord and him being faithful again and again and again and my friends like i'm telling you sweeter than anything any external thing is being grounded in and experiencing this reality that the lord's with me and that he hears me and he sees me 
And, and this, is, this is the invitation, and this is the gift, and this, I believe, is, is what the Lord wants to bless each of us with, like, each and every day. But I think, I think these next few days, particularly this Lenten season, we have an opportunity to experience it in a very concrete way. Uh, through the goodness of Father Andrew, the friars are going to be here for a few days. And what we're doing is this thing called a Lenten mission. And so we're doing a lot, but, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, we're going to be here, um, and we're going to have a time of adoration. And Monday night is just this, this talk and, and a conversation and experience of, what, like, of how his presence changes everything. Tuesday night, again, his pursuing mercy. Wednesday night, like, his power to heal in a profound way. And the invitation is this, like, I just, we've done these a lot, and it, there's nothing fancy. We just come, we bring Jesus, people show up, and Jesus does something. The Lord does something. And so the invitation is this, I realize, like, uh, we're in competition for your, for your hearts and your lives and your time in a lot of ways. There's a lot of demands on you. And so coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, coming to any of them, might be a, 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 like a big ask. Um, but it pales in comparison to the reward and the experience of encountering and being able to live with this truth. Father, you hear me, and I know you always hear me. You're with me. And so here's the thing, like, wherever you're at, if you're like um, these first people who come to Jesus and say, Lord, like, there is a difficult thing happening, like, what are you doing? You healed the blind man. Why aren't you here with my friend Lazarus? If you have this question, or if you're like Martha, and you're like, Lord, like, if you were here, this could have been different. Like, like what's going on? If you're like Mary, you say, Lord, I, like, I believe this is really hard. Like, if you just need the Lord to weep with you and to be with you in the difficulty, or if you have, like, you have this, like, tomb in your heart and the Lord, like, wants to say, like, hey, like, let's roll away that stone. And maybe you're saying, like, Lord, if you see what's in there, like, there's going to be a stench. And the Lord wants to say, like, hey, I got this. Like, let me see it. Or if you have some part of your heart or your life, maybe it's discouragement, a sense of hope. If it's just dead and it needs to come back to life, like, the same Jesus who we just read about, like, the same Jesus is here, and the same Jesus will be here, and the same Jesus who consoled and, 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 and entered into the suffering and rose from the dead and healed, that same Jesus is the Jesus who invites you to come to him, to experience him and his care and his love, not just as an idea, but as in a reality that can touch the deepest parts of your life. And so that's the invitation. That's the invitation. Um, take a little risk. Create a little space. Um, come to the Lord and just allow him to reveal himself to be like who he says he is in the real stuff of your life so that you can go forward like, with this confidence and this gift and this goodness of knowing his care for you and his love for you. Um, and that's just, that's how we're meant to live. And that's how we're meant to live. And so we, we look forward to being with you, to chatting with you, spending time with you, but most importantly, um, to coming and encountering the Lord Jesus with you during these next few days. Thank you for listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. 
The ministry here is possible thanks to our generous supporters. If you would like to become a CTK Golden Giver or learn more, please check our website. Your monthly financial support reaches hearts across LSU's campus and beyond. Details can be found on the website at ctklsu.org.